Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Here's this God we serve, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, saying, ask anything. And then we come and we pray little prayers. Why do we do that? Do we not believe, do we not have the faith that God can do it or that God will do it? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Do you ever restrain yourself in your prayers because you think you dream too big? Pastor J.D. reminds us today that there's nothing too big for God. He's promised to answer every prayer if it's for your good and His glory. Cry out to Him for anything at all. He wants to bless you and show you how capable He is. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 16 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. <laughs> the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I love this. This is one of those principles, one of those truths that you don't go up against or break. If you try, it breaks you. I mean, you can plan all you want. You can make preparations all you want. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, everything right with that. There's nothing wrong with having plans, but don't let those plans have you. And when you have those plans, hold on loosely to them, because the final outcome of them will always be determined by the Lord. He will always have the final word on whatever the plans of our heart is. It belongs to the Lord. The answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 2, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. Boy, isn't this the human nature, the sin nature? We always shed ourselves in the most favorable light. We're always quick to see ourselves as being right, see ourselves as being honest, our motives pure. But just like the Lord has the final word, the answer is from His tongue. Well, so too does the Lord weigh the spirits. In other words, you can think all you want about who you are and how good you are, and, but it's the Lord ultimately in the end that's going to weigh, and you might be found wanting. Verse 3. This verse uh, 3 of Proverbs 16 has been of invaluable help to me over the years, both in my business uh, many years ago and as well in the ministry. And it's that of committing your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Let me expound on that. So this is 
applicable to what we affectionately refer to as our devotional life. That, that time of day when we devote our time to the Lord, we're in the Word and prayer, and that's our devotional time, our quiet time as some refer to it. And it's different for everybody. I think there are advantages to having that time first thing in the morning. I know sometimes schedules don't permit but like David says in the Psalms, early in the morning will I rise up and seek thee. And I find that it's better first thing in the morning to get with the Lord and present all of your work, all of your plans, your entire schedule to the Lord at the beginning of the day. You've committed it to Him. You've submitted it to Him like you would submit a plan, a schedule. And If you do that, this is the promise that you have from the Lord. Your thoughts will be established. He establishes the work of your hands, the schedule that you have planned for the day. Verse 4, the Lord, now this is a a tricky one, for lack of a better way of saying it, and it requires some explanation. The Lord has made all for Himself, yes, even the wicked, for the day of doom. What? (laughs) Perhaps the best way to explain this is to first start with what this is not saying. This is not saying that God makes the wicked. No. He makes the day of doom for the wicked. He doesn't make the wicked. The Lord has made all for Himself. Yes, even the day of doom for the wicked would be a better way to read it and understand it. I was thinking about this today. My uh, daughter Sabia is studying about the Holocaust. She comes up to my office uh, this morning and she says, those people killed six million Jews and some of them only did a little bit of time in prison. And it's like they, they, they kind of got away with it. That's not, that's not justice. And I just so happened to be reminded of this verse here in Proverbs for our study. And I told her, listen, they may not get their due here, but I assure you, God will have the final word because God is a just God. And here we're told that He makes their day of judgment, where justice is meted out, the day of doom, if you will, for the wicked. Verse 5, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. It kind of picks up on what verse 4 is about. I mean, here you have these arrogant, proud, evil, wicked people, and to the Lord they're an abomination. And even if they unite and ally together and join forces, they're still not going to go unpunished. Verse 6, in mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Notice the order of that. It's not truth and mercy. No, it's mercy first 
and then truth. God is a merciful God, but God is a just God. God is a loving God, but God is a a just God. God cannot be a loving God if God is not a just God, and neither can God be a just God if He's not a loving God. There's mercy and truth, and that is the provision for atonement. I, I like the word atonement. As one said, it's one of those words that means what it says. It sounds like what it really means, at one meant. So sin separates us from God, but because of the mercy of God, the grace of God. And now we can be at one meant with God. It's the same thing with the word justified, another great word. I like how one put it. To be justified means it's justified never sinned justified. just I know it's a play on words, but justified never sinned. Atonement is at one moment. And how is that made possible? Oh, because of mercy and truth together. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Again, this we're going to talk about this in a moment, recurring throughout the book of Proverbs, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Here we're told that the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. Verse 7 is interesting. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. I was thinking about this. So if I'm walking in a way that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord, what the Lord does in turn because of that, as a result of that, is He keeps the enemy at bay, keeps the enemy away. Why? Because I'm walking in a way that is pleasing to Him. Now this is why this verse is interesting, because it's one of those verses that you could flip over to the other side of the table, so to speak. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So if a man's ways please the Lord, and as such he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him, then would it also mean that if a man's ways are displeasing to the Lord, he's not going to allow? Think about this. In the Old Testament, did God use the enemies of Israel when Israel was displeasing to the Lord? Yes, He did. In other words, God will allow the enemy to wage war against you if your ways are not pleasing to Him. Because sometimes, let's be honest, that's the only way He can get our attention. And we know that it's only if in the end it's for our good and His glory, because the devil is God's devil. He's a created being, is not God's opposite. He's not all-knowing, He's not all-present. That's why it's kind of humorous sometimes. I I catch myself saying it, man, Satan is, you know, attacking me. Wow, how do you rate? Because he can't be all places at one time. I mean, yeah, the minions, the the demons, the, the spiritual forces, Paul lists four separate entities that he delineates in Ephesians chapter 6. But if you've got the devil himself that is attacking you, whoa, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Because he cannot be, if he's in Kaneohe or Kailua attacking you, he can't be somewhere else attacking somebody else that's a bigger target, 
what do they call them? High value targets? A little side note. Verse 8, better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. Boy, how true is this? I mean, I would rather be poor with righteousness than be rich and not have the righteousness and the justice that comes with that righteousness. Verse 9 is similar to verse 1 as we started out. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now let's just uh, spend just a moment on this. I think it's important that we do for reasons that I think you'll see here in a moment. Again, it's good to plan. This is one of those areas, especially for those that are into Bible prophecy, where, you know, we come, i never forget, I, uh, it was an online member actually said, you know, I, I have to confess, I have to ask you to forgive me, because when you started announcing that you were going to, you know, do this big building project, I thought, why bother? The Lord's coming back. And I, and I actually stopped listening to you. I was like, you did? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. That's why? Yeah, that's why. Because why would you do that when the Lord's coming back? And now here we are, how many years later? And so I, uh, anyway, she asked me for forgiveness. And of course I granted it to her. And she said, and then you got into the building and the Lord hadn't come back yet. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe this is as good of a time as any to say this. I think we do err greatly when we don't occupy until He comes. In other words, there's this mindset that, you know, here, the Lord could come back, so why do anything? Let's just, you know, wait for the Lord to come back. Watch for the Lord to come back. Well, wait a minute. I want to occupy till He comes. At the end of Matthew 24, Jesus teaches this parable, very uh, chilling parable, for lack of a better word, and he contrasts two servants. One is the righteous, one is the wicked. The wicked says, hey, you know, <laughs> my master delays his coming. I mean, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-great-grandparents, they all thought the Lord was coming back in their lifetime, and He still hasn't come back. <laughs> hey, party on! And we're told that because he believed that his master delayed his coming, he just partied, ate, drank, beat his fellow servants, and then when the master came in an hour he expected not, he wasn't ready. Contrasted with the one who was. What did he do? He was found faithful when his master came good and faithful servant. Because his mindset was, yeah, I know my master could come at any time. I won't be caught off guard. It won't be unexpected, because I'm expecting him to come back. It might be a while, I don't know. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plan, and if it's 10 years before he comes back, at least I'm busy and I'll be found faithful when he does come back. I want to be as ready for the Lord's return today as I would be if it weren't 10 years from today. What if I told you that for the last couple years, Eric, who was the uh, brother that came here, lived here, and did the building on a weekly basis every Tuesday, 
we talk and we pray about what God wants us to do with this property. We've been given 3.1 acres of, I mean, beautiful. I mean, to whom much has been given, much is required. So this verse is uh, really applicable in that we always say, Lord, if we've set our foot to do anything that you would not have us to do, then you need to show us and make it so clear that a fool could not err thereof. I don't want you going in that direction. I mean, this is your plan? This is the way that you're going? The direction you're heading? Well, I'm going to direct your steps. And sometimes it's a redirecting. And we also pray the opposite of that. So Lord, if I've set my foot to do anything that you would not have me to do, you need to show me and make it so clear that a fool could not err thereof. But if I've not set my foot to do anything that you want me to do, then you need to show me that too. And make it so clear that a fool could not err thereof. You know the most, talk about chilling, one of the most chilling parables that Jesus taught, and it's actually more than one parable, because the, the point of the parable, the lesson of the parable is the same. So he gives the talents to these stewards, and the one steward to whom he gives the one talent, when the master returns, what happens? What'd you do with what I gave you? To whom much has been given, much is required. I gave you one talent, what'd you do with it? Oh, I didn't do anything with it. You didn't? No. I just, I mean, I just buried it in the ground. And, and Jesus says, you, at least you could have put it in the bank and, and gained interest. You did nothing with it. Why did you do that? You just buried it. You hid it. You did nothing. He said, because I feared. I feared. And that is the antithesis of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means, talk about flipping it over to the other side. With faith, it's possible to please God. You want to please God? He is pleased by faith. That's what pleases Him. In the Gospels, it is stunning to me how Jesus would take note of those who had faith. He marveled, we're told, in one instant. He just marveled at the faith this man had. And so many would come to him and believe by faith. And then he also took note when they didn't have faith. Like when he went to the town he grew up in, Nazareth. Which, by the way, that's where my grandmother is from. <laughs> How cool is that? She was from Nazareth. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so he goes to Nazareth, and we're told that he could only do a few number of miracles there, and we're told why. It's because they were looking at him going, isn't that Joseph and Mary's son? <laughs> He's, no, come on. And a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. They, they didn't see him as the son of God, God incarnate, they saw him as that little boy that ran around with his dad as a carpenter, and they didn't believe. And because of their unbelief, he could not do the miracles that he wanted to do. I think I shared it, uh, this is a while back now, it was basically this story about how this king would make this uh, invitation once a year to one of his subjects to ask for anything of the king, and he would grant it. 
And so usually whenever somebody won that, it was like winning the lottery, you can ask the king for anything. They would come and they would just ask for, you know, finances, provisions, you know, livestock, etc. And one year, this guy says to the king, I, I want a palace, I want servants, I want this, I want that, I want all of this, and oh, and I want that too, and then on top of that, I want that. And here all of the men are thinking to themselves, he's not going to give them that. And then he does. And they're like, you, you granted him that request? And his response was, yes, and I'll tell you why because I can. And it was the first time I actually felt like a king, because he asked me for that which only a king can do. You probably know where I'm going with this. Here's this God we serve, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, saying, ask anything. And then we come and we pray little prayers. Why do we do that? Do we not believe, do we not have the faith that God can do it or that God will do it? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. He can do anything. (laughs) He's the God of the impossible. And I mean, it would just be ludicrous. I mean, you think about this church, it's ludicrous. No way. It's not going to happen. Yeah, way. (laughs) It did happen. You know why? Because God made it happen. And it required us just believing Him by faith. And He's pleased by that. I think He's just waiting. I don't mean to, I don't want to paint this picture of God in, in these human terms, but it's like He's sitting up there just waiting. I mean, oh, here he comes. Here here J.D. comes. He's going to pray. You guys, get over here. Gabriel, Michael, I mean, J.D.'s going to pray. Listen, if he asks for something just, I mean, over the top, off the charts, and it's good, and it brings me glory, let's do it. You guys ready? Ready. All right, here he comes. And here's my prayer. Lord, bless this meal to our bodies. And, and then God's like, okay, false alarm. Just, guys, sorry, go back. It's a, it's a meal prayer. So he could have, here I am, I was, I was waiting. I, I, would, I would have done anything, and he didn't, he didn't ask. And you have not, because you ask not. It's easy to dismiss Old Testament books as ancient texts that hold little meaning for you today. However, there's plenty of application for your life right now in this modern world. The book of Proverbs is one that specifically provides advice, admonishment, and encouragement for your life as a follower of Christ. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, though, you may have realized that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's the case, we'd like to encourage you to change that right now. We have a simple guide that will tell you more. Just visit inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. 
This will tell you why it's so important to put your faith in Jesus and how easy it is to start a relationship with Him. We'd love to hear from you too, and we're available to answer any questions you may still have. Please get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the truths found in the book of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.